You're not a brand if you're just a one-hit wonder. Maybe people know about you for like two, three years and all of a sudden you fizzle into thin air. A brand should be able to endure because it's a marathon. And the longer that brand exists, the stronger the brand becomes because time favors the building of a brand. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. It's one that many entrepreneurs can identify with. It's one of those shiny objects that are always in our radar. And that topic is branding, how to build a strong brand for your business. Now, for me personally, and in my experience working with entrepreneurs, branding is a two-edged sword. It can be a good thing and it can be a terrible thing if you don't understand it, if you don't get it, or if you're going at it the very wrong way. And I'm hoping that in this episode, I'm going to lay bare what I believe the core principles should be, the things you should watch out for, and of course, help you have a better understanding of what uh, branding means. Now, I had a very uh, funny experience um, some years back, you know, so I worked for this client and I was working on the entire market entry strategy for this client. The client was trying to enter a new African market and I was responsible for the broad-based strategy. Now, imagine my horror one of those days when we were having uh, project meetings and this new guy was um, supposed to come in, the, the branding guy. So, you know, of course, he made all those very interesting presentations, all those very colorful things. And then when the time came to the fee, how much, you know, how much would he charge for these services? The amount of money he was asking for was al- was almost five times what I was getting paid for the entire marketing strategy, just for branding. And I see this happen a lot of times. I talk, I've, talk, I've talked to entrepreneurs who are trying to start a business, and then they tell me they need a large amount of money to start that business. And then when I get curious to ask them, what exactly do you need the money for? Of course, I see a couple of things that make sense. And then sometimes I see something like branding. And branding has like, what, 30% or 40% of the startup cost of this business. And this goes to show how some entrepreneurs think about branding. Some people think that branding is a magic bullet, that the moment you have a solid, strong brand, whatever that means in their head, then the journey for the business is going to go smoother. The business will become, the chance of the business to become successful will be higher and all of all those things. So that is a misconception about branding. And it shows that a lot of people don't understand what branding is. So I'm hoping that in this episode, I'm going to really um, lay it bare to you, um, let you understand exactly what you should be looking for if you want to build a strong and enduring brand for your business. But of course, the very obvious place to start is that age-old question of what is a brand? So I don't want to take you into the technicalities or give you high-sounding language. I like to keep things very, very simple. And as far as I'm concerned, Branding or a brand means one thing. A brand is a person, it could be a product or a business that has a strong influence in the market. 
the operative word here is influence. When a person or a product or a business has a strong influence in the market, then I consider that to be a brand. And the stronger the influence that that person has or that company has or that product has in the market, the stronger the brand. So brand is essentially about influence. The stronger your influence, the stronger your brand. Now, the definition out of the way, one important thing I need to make clear at this point, while we're still at the beginning of this episode, is that building a brand is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, and this underscores what I said earlier. Some people think that by having a large enough budget for branding, and which would include building a very exciting and colorful and cutting edge website, having a best in class logo, you know, selecting the colors and all the palettes and all of all those things, you know, those things are just a very tiny fragment of what branding means. And before I even go into the details, it's important to lay out what the benefits of a good brand is. You know, why is it that big companies and even small companies want to invest a lot of money in building the so-called, in air quotes, brand? Now, there are several benefits for, for, for a good brand. One of them is that it's always good for sales. A stronger brand has a better chance to sell a product or a service than a brand that is unknown in the market. So branding is a source of competitive advantage. If you have a strong brand, but your competitors don't have a, a brand that is as strong as yours, it's likely you have a better chance to win. So, and you can see this in many different industries. There are people who just buy, there are people who just buy branded products only. They buy just based on brand. They don't even think twice. There are some customers who are like that. So that's one big benefit. Branding is good for sales. Another big benefit is that branding is good for your customers because one thing you will find in a brand is that it breeds loyalty. When people see a strong brand or people come to love a strong brand, it builds loyalty in them. And what does loyalty do for you as a business? Loyalty breeds repeat sales. When you have customers that are loyal, it's unlikely they'll want to shop anywhere else. They'll keep buying from you. And those repeat sales are very important. And then when you have people who are always buying from you, naturally, they will become ambassadors. They'll start talking about your business. They will tell their friends about you. They will tell their neighbors about you. They will tell their family and their colleagues about you. So it's just a natural process that loyal people are a very good source of repeat sales. And people who keep buying from you naturally will become your ambassadors. And they can't help it. They would have to help in promoting your business via word of mouth. Another big benefit is that it's also good for employees. Now, believe it or not, you know, a strong brand can be more valuable than a salary. And I've seen this happen many, many times. I've seen people who received identical job offers, you know, for the same role. Now, and sometimes they choose the role, they choose the offer that pays the lower salary. And most times when you go look at it, it's likely that they're, they are making that sacrifice because the company has a strong brand. I've seen people who prefer to work uh, in a bank, which pays a lower salary than working in a startup, which is working on like maybe the next best thing. So people are drawn to strong brands. And when you really think about it, there are benefits to it. There, there are bragging rights to it. When their friends ask them, where do you work? You know, it's much more appealing to mention the name of a company that is a strong brand. 
more or less helps you acquire all this um, social significance. When people, when, when the name of the company you work for is a recognized brand and is a strong brand and it's a respected brand, that kind of rubs, up on, uh, rubs off on you because you work for that kind of company. Uh, some people are not comfortable working for a company that is nameless. When I say nameless, I mean it's a company that people don't really recognize the name and all that. So that's just how some people are. They are drawn to strong brands and they are willing to work for less if the brand of the company is strong enough because it gives them some other kinds of social benefits. And then, of course, a strong brand is very good for the owners and investors in the business. Now, the thing that a good brand does is that it gives you sustainability in the long run. You're likely going to be successful in the, in the long run because as your brand gets stronger and stronger, more people in the market start to get aware of you. It starts to become easier for you to get customers. The stronger your brand is, the easier it is for you to retain those customers and make them loyal to your business. And when customers are loyal, they keep buying from you and buying from you. And the longer they stay loyal, they can become ambassadors. They start to talk about your business and then that leads to more customers. So you see exactly what I'm talking about. It's, 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 a, it's, a rolling, um, it's a rolling stone that continues to gather a lot of momentum. It keeps getting better over time. These are just some very important benefits of a good brand. And it's not surprising that even small companies with a small budget and very big companies would spend a lot of money on building a strong brand because it has a lot of benefits. But the thing I'm not going to do in this episode is give you the short way out. For, for avid listeners to the Small Starter Business Podcast, I focus on principles. I focus on those things that are unlikely to change over time. And that's exactly what I'm going to do in this episode about branding. So, but there's also another question, you know, how do you measure a strong brand? How do we know if a brand is strong? Because anybody can claim anything. If you have a beautiful website and you have a fantastic logo, does that mean you have a strong brand? So how do we measure the strength of a brand? Now, there are very different ways to do this. Some branding experts can have their own complicated, um, you know, factors and ways to measure a, a strong brand. But Again, I like to take, I like to keep things simple. So there are, there are there are three measures for a strong brand. You know, whatever kind of company it is, there are three things you can use to determine if a brand is strong. The first one is recognition. So the very first measure of a strong brand is recognition. You would agree with me that one of the key attributes of a strong brand is that you recognize it once you see it. It doesn't take much to recognize uh, Facebook's logo, for example or Coca-Cola, you know, or Microsoft, or all these big companies, or even Google. So it doesn't take long to recognize all these all this big names, you know. Even sometimes the names are abbreviated. Sometimes it's just the color you see. Sometimes it's just the first letter of the world. And instantly you can recognize who owns that brand. So I'm, I'm sure if you see blue, but if you see Facebook's blue, you can more or less identify that, okay, yeah, this is, this is likely going to be Facebook. So that's one thing about strong brands. They are e easily recognizable in the marketplace. The second measure of a strong brand is loyalty. It's impossible to have a strong brand without having people who are loyal to that brand. And when I mean loyal to that brand, in a business context, they can't think of buying anything else. I've seen people who are crazy about a brand. 
For example, Coca-Cola. My wife is a Coca-Cola junkie. I've tried several times. When I go to the mall, I go to the supermarket, and then I don't see Coke, and then I buy Pepsi. That Pepsi is going to sit in the fridge for a long time. She's not going to take it. And in my head, I can't wrap my head around it. What's the difference within, between Coke and Pepsi? And you need, to, you need to just see how she looks at me when I ask that question. She's like, how in the world can you ever compare Coke with Pepsi? They are very, very different. And I'm like, they are not different. They are both cola products. But that goes to show you how a loyal person is. They can't think of any other product besides that product that they are loyal to. So it's impossible to find a strong brand without finding people who are loyal to that brand and without even finding borderline fanatics. You know, people who will go above and beyond to stay with that brand and even promote it and get other people to come join the brand. So loyalty, as far as I'm concerned, is the second big measure of a strong brand. The third measure of a strong brand is endurance. I don't think a brand is strong if it cannot cross generations. You know, so think about many of the big brands we know today. Um, Coca-Cola is over 100 years old. Several of those companies, Microsoft, for example, uh, Bill Gates is no longer at Microsoft, at least actively. You know, so he's handed over to the next generation of people and people still Microsoft is still a force to to reckon with in the, in the world today. We'll see if Facebook and Twitter and all the other uh, companies are able to make that leap. But I don't think a brand is strong enough if it cannot endure. You're not a brand if you're just a one hit wonder. Maybe people know about you for like two, three years and all of a sudden you fizzle into thin air. A brand should be able to endure because it's a marathon. And the longer that brand exists, the stronger the brand becomes because time favors the building of a brand. The longer it is, the more all those forces come to your, to your favor. So like I mentioned, for me, there are three key attributes of a strong brand. The first is recognition. It should be easily recognizable in the marketplace, more or less popular. If people know the brand and it's easily recognizable, that is one sign of a strong brand. The second sign of a strong brand is loyalty. If you can't find people who are loyal to that brand and borderline fanatics to the brand, I don't think that's a strong brand. And the third is endurance. A strong brand should be able to endure and be able to cross generational lines. So now that we have that out of the way, at least when I talk about strong brand, you have a sense of what I'm trying to talk about. Let's now look at some examples of strong brands. And I need to mention here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disappoint a couple of you who are listening to this because when I say examples of strong brands, you might expect me to start mentioning specific companies. But like I said, this episode is about principles. What are the underlying principles that build a strong brand? So when I say examples of a brand, I'm going to be giving you examples of movements, organizations, groups that have become very strong brands. And some of the examples I'm going to give you might actually shock you. So one example of how to build a strong brand is when you look at religious groups or cults. If you really want to build a brand that has those three qualities I talked about, recognition, loyalty, very strong lo loyalty and endurance, look at religious groups and cults. So you would, you would clearly understand that the moment somebody believes something on a religious level, it's very difficult to change that person's mind. That person is very loyal. They get involved in some form of promotion. It might be called evangelism, where they try to get other people who are outsiders into the fold. So it's like a self-sustaining engine. So you look at any religion in the world, from the major religions to the minor religions, all of them have 
these attributes in common. They are very strong brands, especially to those people who follow them. So if you see, for example, um, somebody who follows um, a faith, maybe like a Buddhist, for example, I mean, you see a Buddhist monk. I don't need to let you, I don't need to tell you that this is a Buddhist monk. Or you see um, a Christian on Sunday where the person is worshiping and all of that. I don't need to tell you any, anything about that. Or you see the muezzin calling from, from the mosque. You know, you, all these things have symbols. If you see a church, for example, it's not, it's not um, difficult to tell that this is a church. This is a place where Christians worship. You see a mosque. You can easily tell that this building is different. This is a place where Muslims pray. So those are signs of strong brands. And by the time I start breaking down what makes up a strong brand in this episode, by the time I start sharing the five principles, you will understand why religious groups and cults are very, very strong brands. And if you're going to build a strong brand for your business, just imagine if, you're, if your customers were members of a, of a religious group. A member of a religious group is very steadfast, very loyal. It's difficult to convert them. A member of a religious group is very willing to go out there and help you get more people, help you get more customers. You know, so religious groups are a sign of how to build a strong brand. The loyalty is strong. The recognition is strong and they are able to endure. Because think about it. I'm a Christian largely because I was born into a Christian family who got me on board. My parents did that. So you see that it's generational. It crosses generational lines. The first set of people you have will help you get the next set of people. And those ones will help you get the next set of people. So it's a fantastic way if you apply those principles in business. Because essentially, your customers are your biggest sales force. Because they are so loyal to you, they can't help it. They have to talk to other people to come join. The second example of a strong brand, and this one is very captivating, is the military. Go look at the military in any country, from the smallest country to the largest country. The military is a very strong brand, especially for those people who, who have anything to do with the military. I went to a, a, a military-owned um, school, high school, secondary school, and up till now, more than 25, 20 years after, I've still not recovered from it. As far as I'm concerned, I love the military to bits. You know, and that's just the Navy. So you see this across all the arms of the, of the military, from the Army to the Navy to the Air Force. When you see military people, even when they retire from active service, in their mind, they're still in the military. Their families are that way. Anybody who is connected to them wants to associate with them. And it's, you know, it's, it's painted up as being this prestigious organization that some, you know, a lot of people really want to join. So if you're really thinking about how to build a big, a, a strong brand, just look at how the militaries are across the world. They are different. If you see a soldier who is on his way to work, I don't need to tell you that this person is a soldier. You can instantly know. You see from the way they dress, the way they behave, the queer kind of movements they have, you know, all of all those things. So it's a very interesting way. If you're trying to build a business that is a strong brand, now, when people join the military, they don't easily leave. You know, it's going to be some kind of, um, it's, a, it's a mark of uh, cowardice or something to just, who leaves the military except maybe you have uh, injuries or, you know, there are other issues around it. You don't just uh, wake up and leave the military. And it's a very tough job. It's a very hard job serving in the military. But still, people don't leave. People actually want to come into the military. A lot of young people want to work in the military, in many countries. So if you're thinking about how to build a solid brand, a military is a very solid example. 
your employees are very steadfast, very loyal. In the military, it's actually even worse. They are willing to die for their, more or less, the company, in air quotes, the company. The, the, the people in the military are willing to die for their country. That's exactly what it is. You're signing up to die. That's, what, that's how strong the loyalty is. It's not just about money or whatever. They are willing to give their, their lives. They're willing to pay the ultimate price. You can imagine what, that's, what that means. So you're trying to build a solid brand. The military is a very good model for it. Another example of, um, of, strong, of strong brands, and of course, how to build a strong brand, is sports clubs. So I'm not sure what part of the world you're listening to this, but you know, I'm recording this episode from Lagos in Nigeria. And most parts of Africa are crazy about sports. In my side of the world, it's football. People go absolutely, literally crazy about the football clubs that they support. Over here, it's like the English Premier League. And, and of course, there are other people who support other leagues like the Spanish League, uh, the German Bundesliga and all of them. But you see people who give up every single thing they have to do on a Saturday to go watch, the, to go watch a match, a football match of their favorite sports club. And just imagine how the sports club make money. They make money off their customers, their fans, their followers. They sell memorabilia. They sell jerseys. They sell um, attendance tickets at the stadium. They sell all sorts of things. And once you see a football fan, they, they don't mind more or less in terms of identification. You look at their cars. You're likely going to see, for example, if it's a Chelsea fan or an Arsenal fan, you're going to likely see something in their car that gives them away. Uh, you come to their house. I've seen some people go as crazy as having the bed covers, you know, being more or less in the, in the, in the, in the club's colors. There are curtains and things like that. People go absolutely crazy for the sports clubs that they love. And it's like that everywhere. In the U.S., people are crazy about basketball, about baseball. In India, people are nuts about, about cricket. So that is one fantastic way to build a strong brand because I've, it's unlikely to see somebody leaving from one sports club to another club. It happens, but it's rare. So sports fans are very loyal. And all, this, all these clubs are businesses. Many of the sports clubs are businesses, from football clubs to basketball clubs. All of them are businesses. So just imagine what it feels like to have all these raving fans all these crazy customers that are willing to buy anything you put out there. They want to buy, they want to buy um, tickets to fill in the seats at any game. They're going to buy memorabilia. They're going to buy all sorts of items. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, apart from sports club, another example would be political ideologies. When people get involved in maybe you're a Republican or you're a Democrat in some, of course, in countries where the political affiliations are based on strong ideology. It's very difficult for you to see in the U.S., for example, where a Republican suddenly becomes a Democrat. At best, they might become an independent. You don't just change your ideology over time. And that is why it's difficult for ideologies to, to die. People who have such ideologies are loyalists. And those ideologies transcend generations. And of course, it would be unfavorable for me to round this up without mentioning some um, iconic products. So there are iconic products like Coca-Cola. I give you an example. You know, it's an example of a strong brand. Coca-Cola is an iconic product. It has all those three qualities. It's easily recognizable just from the logo or even Coca-Cola's type of red. It breeds loyal customers. I have one of them in my house. 
<laughs> and then and endurance. Coca-Cola has been existing for more than 100 years. Rolex is another example of a very strong brand. Has all those three attributes. Recognizable. It has very loyal customers. Endurance. You know, same thing. Rolls-Royce is an example of a very strong brand. Apple is an example of a very strong brand. So there are several of them. But I didn't want to focus on the brands. And if I just mention Coca-Cola, it might be difficult for you to really understand what goes into building a brand like Coca-Cola. So I wanted to use some outside the box, some out of the box examples. That's why I mentioned religious groups and cults. Uh, I mentioned the military, mentioned sports clubs, mentioned people who have political ideologies. So that when you are building a brand, these are the kinds of organizations you want to emulate. So if you're building a strong brand, you start to measure yourself to the kind of loyalty that soldiers or, or sailors have to the military. You know, you start to measure it against the kind of fanaticism that some sports fans, um, some fans of football clubs and all kinds of sports have with the games, have with the teams that they support. So these are very, very interesting ways for you to measure how strong your brand is. So at this point, let me talk about um, the five principles of building a strong brand. So the five principles of building a strong brand. Now, the reason I focus on principles is that things like tactics and strategies will change over time. There is always one sexy new branding strategy that comes up every other year. You know, these things can change over time, but I want you to stick with the principles because the principles are timeless. It's unlikely that the principles of of building a strong brand will ever, ever change. Don't forget, before we had all these, um, all these branding experts, brands like Coca-Cola have had strong brands, even all through time, even before there was even color television, you see? So you really don't need a branding expert to help you understand how to build a strong brand. If you understand the principles of building a strong brand, that way, if you bring in a branding expert, you understand where they fit into your overall picture. So let's uh, let's uh, look at the five uh, principles of building a strong brand. Like I always do, I'm going to keep this very simple. The very first principle is to stand for something. You have to stand for something. That is the foundation of any brand. Standing for something builds the identity of that brand. What do you stand for? This goes beyond the, your website, your logo, your colors, your, the way your letterheads look and all of all those things. What do you stand for in terms of values? So I'll give you a couple of examples. Nike stands for innovation and inspiration. That's why sometimes Nike, Nike runs some adverts that are, you know, they are very surprising. They are very captivating. But if you know what Nike stands for, you won't be surprised because they stand for innovation and inspiration. That's what they stand for. The whole just do it and all of all those other things that they do. Nike is beyond a company that sells shoes, that sells shoes for people who are involved in sports. Nike is much, much bigger than that. Nike is a movement for people who are um, lovers of the Nike brand. They can't imagine wearing any other kind of sports shoes. Um, so Apple is about creativity and self-expression. It's very difficult to find any Apple product that is not captivating in design. Apple is built around the idea of creativity and self-expression. 
The same thing too here with me at Small Starter. I stand for entrepreneurship in Africa. I firmly believe it to my bones that the surest way to change the African continent is to empower people who have dreams and ideas to build businesses out of those dreams. Those businesses are going to create jobs. They are going to create wealth. They are going to create prosperity. Those businesses are going to be engines of innovation. They will be engines of change. They will drive economic change, social change. They will empower people. They will empower communities. I believe this like a religion. In fact, it is a religion. Entrepreneurship, and that's exactly what we, we preach at Small Start. And that's what I stand for, you see. So you have to choose what you believe in. You have to choose what you stand for. There is no logo. There is no kind of website. There's no kind of business cards or color palettes that can do that for you. You have to really believe in something. And the, the, um, the amazing thing about this is that you cannot fake it. You can't fake what you believe in. Because like I said, building a brand is a marathon. Unless you're going to pretend every single day for a long time. And if you're going to pretend every day, you may as well just believe in that thing. If you're going to pretend all, all, all the time. So it's very important to keep in mind that you have to stand for something. Because that would be the basis of your brand. Of your brand identity the second principle of building a strong brand is to be consistent and I'm, I'm sure you're not going to forget this because of how much i keep hammering on on this consistency is the only way to build a strong brand you can't build it overnight and that's because you have to build momentum when you are building a brand you have to build momentum and momentum is not something you can build overnight you have to you have to give it time. And that means you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent in what you believe, in how you serve your customers, in what you represent to them, and all of all those things. If you're not going to be, if you're not going to be consistent, no branding experts can help you. No branding strategists can help you. You have to stand for something. The third principle of building a strong brand is to attract or repel. Now, this is a very important point, and I need you to pay attention to it. If you're going to build a strong brand, there is no middle ground. You either have to attract people or repel people. Being lukewarm or standing on the fence or trying to please everybody cannot help you build a strong brand. You have to pick a side. You have to take a side. So that's principle of attract or repel. That's one good way to measure how well you are you're building your brand. Because if you're not attracting people, you have to be repelling them. If people don't like you, it's better that they don't like you to your guts. If people, if people like you, it's better that they love you to pieces. So like I said, if people like you, it's better that they like you and they love you to pieces. If they don't like you, it's better that they don't like you and then they hate you. That is a sign of a strong brand. When the kind of feelings you evoke in people should be very strong feelings. It's either a very strong feeling of a very strong positive feeling or a very strong negative feeling. But you're not going to get away with much if you're just on the fence. So that is one sign of a strong brand. You have to either attract or repel. There's no middle ground. The fourth principle of building a strong brand, which is quite interesting stuff, is to create a sense of exclusivity. Now, many of these um, organizations, I give you examples of religious groups, cults, sports clubs, the military. You would notice that they have this great sense of exclusivity. Now, I'll give you an example. In religion, for example, there are two groups. 
there are believers. Members of that religion are the believers and they are the unbelievers. So that sense of exclusivity, the believers are the ones who belong. The believers are the ones who are going to go to heaven. The, be the believers are the ones who are going to enjoy the afterlife. The unbelievers are not going to go to heaven. They will go to somewhere worse, you know, and they are not going to enjoy the benefits of the afterlife. It is built into the structure of the organization, that sense of exclusivity. So in some religions, in Christianity, for example, you have the born again and you have the sinners. If you're going to go to heaven, you have to be born again. If you're not, you're a sinner. There's no middle ground. So there's this exclusivity thing. People who belong have special benefits. People who belong have um, special things about them and that will be done um, for them. You see, you have the Jews and you have the Gentiles. Every major movement has these things. You have believers, non-believers. Um, in the military too, it's the same thing. I, I was once within the military setting, though as a young, as a young um, child, and I could see the difference. The way military people consider civilians sometimes in some countries as, um, uh, what would I call them now? Like what? Lesser beings, you know? Because it's a military that protects the civilian population. So they see themselves somehow as superior because they are responding to the call. They are giving their life to the cause. They are brave people. They are courageous people. Civilians are not like that. You know, when they call you a civilian, in military circles, it means somebody who doesn't belong, somebody who is not like us, somebody who cannot, somebody who is not making the sacrifice, somebody who may not be loyal. In many, in many um, contexts, civilian means you are undisciplined. You know, and that's it, it goes with a lot with the territory. If you're a military person, you're used to waking up early. You're used to having all those drills. There's a lot of discipline and it's a regimental life and all of that. So once you've built that kind of person, you, you consider the outsiders as these are undisciplined people. So it's always like that in, in every 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 context. Um, one example, too, would be Donald Trump. You know, you may love him or hate him. I really don't like his brand of politics. I preferred him better when he was just an entrepreneur, but I do not like Trump's brand of politics. But I just have to be amazed and intrigued by how strong his brand is. You either love Trump or you hate him. There's no middle ground. You either love him or you hate him. And that is exactly the basis for his strong, his, um, strong brand. You're either a Trumper or a never Trumper. And he calls them never Trumpers. You are never Trumpers. The, 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 the non-believers, the unbelievers in Trump are called the never Trumpers. He calls them names. You know, that's because his own people are special. People who believe in him are special. People who believe in what he believes are special. If you don't belong to that group, you are something else. You're a lesser being, that, that, that sort of thing. So those are examples. I also still um, remember my early days in a PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And, you know, as a new recruit, we were called the B&B. B&B means we're the best and brightest. And they, they've drummed it into our heads that we are better than most of the other people out there. They told us that thousands of people applied for these jobs. Thousands of people were screened. Hundreds of people were invited, but only you guys made it through. You guys are the best. You guys are the brightest. And we actually walked away feeling that way. They were actually the best and the brightest. And then those people who are not part of the organization are seen as people who couldn't make it. Maybe they're not really smart or they are just something else. But we are a special breed, you see. And there's also the whole thing about citizens and non-citizens. I'm a citizen of a country. If you are not a citizen, you are an alien. 
for many years in um, in the U.S. Um, system, in the U.S. immigration system, non-citizens are referred to as aliens. I think um, President Joe Biden is just about to change that. But they call them all sorts of things. You're a foreigner. You're an alien. You are, you know, all sorts of things. So the interesting thing about this is that if you can build an identity for the people who buy your products, for the people who use your products, you have an identity for them. You treat them like an exclusive group. Um, in, within Small Starter, that group is called the insiders. The insiders are the people who have direct access to me. They have access to my most advanced products. They have access to our mastermind strategy sessions. I have a keen understanding of the kind of businesses they, they work with. So they have unbridled access to me. But if you're not an insider, you're an outsider. Out for outsiders, it's harder for them to access me, you know, and all the other things. So they don't get all the benefits of the insider. So it's important that as you build a brand, you incorporate all these elements from organizations that have successfully built brands. And all these things are not by chance. It's not by chance that they call unbelievers sinners. It's not by chance that some people are called Gentiles and some people are called Jews. It's, it's not by chance that some people are called um, uh, citizens and others are called non-citizens. It's not by chance that some people are called infidels and some people are called believers. All these things are built into the brand so that you either attract people or repel them. There is no middle ground. So if you, tell, if you show me a brand that almost everybody likes, then I, I can show you an example of a brand that is not a strong brand. There are people who either like you or hate you. People who feel indifferent to you might not really be that much, you know. And of course, this depends on a, a wide range of reasons, and it may not apply to all sorts of companies. And then the fifth element of building a strong brand I want to talk about is symbolism. And by symbolism, what do I mean? I'm going to give you certain examples. One example of symbolism is stories. It's difficult for you to see any strong brand or any organization that has a strong brand that doesn't have a history or a strong sense of history that is told, you know, through stories. Every organization has the story of its founder, how this company started from sheer grit and determination of the founders. Every organization has, has stories. The military has a story. Religious groups have, have a story. Think about all the religious groups you, you, you know today. All of them have amazing stories of the people who founded them. It's built into it. That symbolism, very, very important. It's difficult for you to build a movement without telling a story. So you need to wrap a story around that product, around that service, around your business. Or if you're trying to build a personal brand, there needs to be a story. One key part of my story is that I left... Um, corporate employment to move into entrepreneurship. And I did it when I was newly married and had a four-month-old baby. It was a very crazy time. I felt like, you know, I was, I was uh, losing my mind, you know, and all of all those things. But it was like the most fantastic switch I've ever made in my entire life. And I can't imagine what life was before this. Because for me, this is a calling. Entrepreneurship is a calling. And helping the African continent build more entrepreneurs is like the best way to live my life. It's very important. There has to be a story. The second thing about symbolism is that there should actually be symbols. You see? So your logo is a symbol. You know, your logo is a symbol. The colors you use for your company in your logo and all of that is a symbol. Emblems, mottos. Go, go look at it. There is no religion that doesn't have some kind of symbolism. Your Christians will have the cross. There are temples. Even the way they build, they build the places of worship. Those are symbolic. 
When you see a mosque, you're going to know. If you see a church, you're going to know. All of all these things are symbolic. The way they dress. You just look at people who work in the military. They are military fatigues. That's a symbol. The way they dress. All of these things are symbolic in the way they are. It's difficult for you to find any military formation that doesn't have an emblem or its own colors. Every country has a flag. For Christ's sakes, every country has a flag. That is a strong form of symbolism. Another sign of symbolism is rituals. There are things you do. Now, when I say rituals, I don't mean this in the negative, dark art, witchcrafty way, right? I'm talking about things that you do within your organization that are unique to your organization. An example of a ritual is the anthem. The national anthem of every country is a ritual. When, the natural, when, when soldiers have to say the national anthem, they do it with all, so, all, all, all measure of solemnity. You know, they, they stand at attention, their eyes are fixed on the flag or the ensign, and then, you know, there's that deep sign of respect. There are companies that have their own anthems and things like that. There are ceremonies. In the military, a parade is a ceremony. It's a ritual. Every religion has rituals that they perform. All these things are important because they are psychological. They are unique to each and every organization. Every sports club has an anthem. You know, you belong to Liverpool Football Club or at or Arsenal, all of that. They have their own songs, their own anthems. All these things help to build an emotional connection to the brand. All these things are intentional. Look at the greetings. Greetings are even the same thing. Um, the way military people greet is very different. They give you a salute. And even the salutes of the Navy is different from the salutes of the Army. It's different from the salute of the Air Force. Different from the salute of the police. All these things are unique. The way they greet. The way the Freemasons greet themselves when they see. Very different. The way members of the cult greet themselves. You know, the, the sign of the cross that the Catholics do. All of all these things are important rituals that build a strong connection to your brand. And it's very important that we learn from these people, that we learn from these organizations because they fulfill all those three measures I talked about. They are loyal, they are, they are, their members are very loyal, the brands are easily recognizable, and they've endured for generations. So it's important to look at every single thing that they do. And of course, another sign of symbolism is fraternity. Fraternity is a sign of symbolism, that strong sense of community. You see it in the military. One soldier would always look out for another soldier, even if they don't know themselves. Maybe they're going on the, on, the, on the freeway, on the highway, and a soldier notices another soldier who is in trouble. He's, just, he's going to stop and, and help his brother. He sees him as a brother. Why? Because we belong to the same organization. People who belong to the same religious groups call themselves brother and sister. They call the leader father or mother. All these things are intentional. They build a strong connection. It's a sense of community. What it means is that we're a family. You're my brother. You're my sister. Because we belong to the same organization. Our leader is the father or the mother. Or we have big uncle. All, so that's the sense. We're building a family. All of us are the same. We belong to the same group and all of that. And if you can have that same kind of connection within your, your customer base, it's important to, it can help when, the, and that's the reason why sports club, for example, they organize events that bring their fans together because that sense of community is crazy. I've asked people before, why do you pay so much to go watch a game at the stadium? Why don't you just watch it from your home? And I always get the same explanation. It's not the same thing. 
It's not the same thing. Before COVID, being in the stadium with all that feeling of excitement and euphoria everywhere in the stadium where you are in a group of people who support the same team, who are looking at the same vision, who believe in the same things. The feeling is indescribable. That's how it's always explained. So there's always that sense of fraternity and brotherhood and sisterhood. Very, very important. So at this point in the episode, let's recap. I started this episode by telling you that branding is all about influence. The stronger the influence you have in the market, the stronger your brand is. So that's exactly what it is. No matter what anybody tells you, it's not about your business card. It's not about your website. It's not about the colors you choose or whatever, or how magnificent your headquarters looks or how your company offices look. Branding is really all about influence. The second thing I mentioned is that branding is a marathon. Building a brand is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can't get it within a very short time. You need to build momentum to be able to build a strong brand. And that is true for any of the examples I've used. From iconic brands like Coca-Cola to uh, the military, religious organizations, sports clubs, many of them have endured for decades. So you can't just expect to start a business today and then build a very strong brand just because you invested a lot of money in advertising um, on radio, on TV, and on Facebook. It doesn't work that way. And then I talked about the three strong, the three strong qualities of a strong brand. Uh, the first is that it's easily recognizable. Recognition is a hallmark of a strong brand. The second is loyalty. The people who follow that brand are very loyal people. That is another mark of a, of a strong brand, loyalty. And the third quality is endurance. A brand should be able to endure over time. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not a spark in the pan or whatever that, that is called. You cannot achieve it overnight. It has to endure. And then I give examples of strong brands. I, I talked about um, religious organizations, cults. I talked about the military. I talked about sports clubs. You know, these are these are movements. These are organizations that have a strong pull on their customers, on their people. And once they once you're involved in that, it has all those hallmarks I I talked about. And then I talked about the five principles of building a strong brand. The first is to stand for something. That is the foundation of any strong brand. You have to take a side. You have to believe in something. The second is to be consistent. That is how you're going to build an image. It's going to happen over time. If you stand for something or you believe in something today, you have to stand for that same thing tomorrow. And you have to stand for that same thing next year. And the year after that, and the decade after that, you have to be consistent. The third is to attract or repel. You cannot be on middle ground. And the worst place to be is it's to be in a place where people are indifferent about you. They don't care about you. They don't like you and they don't hate you. No, the strongest brands attract or repel. You either, when you like them, you love them to bits. And when you don't like them, you borderline hate them. So that is one of the hallmarks of a strong brand. You have to either attract or repel. There's no middle ground. The fourth um, principle is to create a sense of exclusivity. The people who belong to your group, the people who are members of your organization, the people who are your customers, who buy your products, they need to, they need to believe that they are special. They need to believe that they are special. That, and I give you examples. People in the military see themselves very differently from civilians. They see themselves as very disciplined and they kind of think of civilians as undisciplined people. You know, um, religious organizations, they have believers and non-believers and the non-believers, they call them all sorts of names. You see, political movements. And then I use the example of Trump. I don't like his brand of politics, but you have to give it to the guy. People who, who like Trump love him to bits. People who don't like Trump 
hates, hates Trump. And that's why it's such a strong movement. And even at the time of this recording, it's impossible for the Republican Party to make progress without Trump. Trump is like the, the, the most powerful force right now on the Republican scene, even after, we, even after losing the election. So like I said, I don't like the guy's brand of politics, but you have to give it to him. He sure knows how to build a, a strong brand. And then I talked about symbolism. There are things that you have, imagery, behaviors, rituals, a sense of fraternity. These are all symbolic things that organizations use to create an emotional pool on their members. And it's very important that you have all those um, symbolic things. They could be events. They could be um, just things that you have. They could be items or whatever uh, they are. So at this point of the episode, there are four things I need you to consider. The first is to join the insiders program. Like I mentioned, the insiders are my people. They are the closest to the small starter brand. These are entrepreneurs who are building businesses in over 20 countries within and outside Africa. I have a keen understanding of what they are trying to build in their businesses. They have access to direct coaching with me. They have access to my advanced courses on sales, how to raise money for a business, how to build systems in a business, how to hire loyal and capable people. They get direct access to me for advice and all sorts of things. So they are the insiders. They get my very best stuff. And most of the most of the um, topics I discuss in my episodes are inspired by my insiders because those are the those are the customers those are my clients who are closest to me. I more or less exist to make sure that they succeed, and that's why they are called the the the, the insiders. So to learn more about the insiders and what we do, check us out at smallstarter.com/insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com/insiders. The second thing I need you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. If you enjoy the quality of content you get here, if you've learned something from this podcast, one very good thing you can do is to let other people know about it. This is free, high-grade information. Let other people know about it. If you have smart friends who are trying to start a business, who are trying to build a business, who are trying to turn around a business, they will really thank you for introducing them to this podcast. The third thing you can do is, if you like the content and you want to give us a pat on the back, the very best way to do that is to give us a five-star review. You know, you, when, uh, with a five-star review, you make it easier for other people to find us. And of course, it helps to sell the, the podcast to people who haven't listened to it before. So to leave us a review, head over to smallstarter.com slash review. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash review. And again, I just have to talk about the Insiders program. If you've been listening to this, um, to, the small starter, uh, to the Small Starter podcast for quite some time, it's about time you considered becoming an insider so that I get to have a chance to see what your business dreams are and help you with strategy and a couple of things. So, yeah, so it, it's important to more or less um, take these things um, um, seriously, especially when you have the chance to do something about your, your business goals and your business dreams. So check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash insiders. So this has been a very exciting episode for me. I've had this on my mind for quite some time. I've, hands, I've answered a couple of questions about, about branding inside of uh, our private area in the Insiders program. And I thought I should just use this episode as um, a platform to share what my thinking is about branding. This is not about the next tactic or strategy that's going to help you build a solid brand. Like I said, it, like every other good thing, a strong brand takes time to build. I can't wait to talk to you in the very next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 
the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.